This week's podcast brought to you by Love Maps. The other night I was with our nine-year-old daughter and uh, she, I don't know if she was looking at one of her spelling lists or what, but she said to me, why do words even have silent letters like the K in knuckles or the P in phone? I didn't have an answer. You didn't. I didn't. K-N-O-W. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Let's start with something uncomfortable, shall we? Just to get this podcast off to an awkward start. <laughs> Sounds perfect. You have no idea what I'm about to say, do you? I don't. This almost feels like an intervention. You're intervening with me? Well, it's more of, a, it. more of a confrontation. Oh, let's see, yay. Let's, let's see where this goes, and it probably okay. won't end well for me once we stop recording the podcast. I can't imagine it ending well for you in any way. <laughs> uh, let's, let's give people some background on, on our family's bacon consumption. You make a what is it, a pound, a rasher, a big packet of bacon at a time, right? Yeah, every couple of days. We eat you, a lot of you, bacon you in this cook house. It. You put it in a Tupperware and you stick it in the fridge, right? Sometimes. That's my method, And then yes. periodically you come confront me with an empty Tupperware and say, do you know what happened to the good supply of bacon, the good amount of bacon that had been in the fridge? And I will say, I don't know. I, I, I sprinkled a little bit of crumbs of it on the dog's food so that she would... I don't like when you sprinkle the crumbs of the okay. bacon on the dog's food. And every once anyway. in a while, every once in a while, mm-hmm. I will eat a piece of bacon out of there with breakfast or put it on a sandwich or something. Okay. So recently, do you know where this is going? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I do, yes. Recently, I found the bacon is no longer in the fridge. You're no longer making bacon. It's not in the, uh, in the lunch meat drawer where it usually is. But fancy this. It is in the vegetable crisper beneath a bag of bell peppers. I need to hide the bacon now. And yet, you thought I would never look in the vegetable drawer, right? True. So that you now have, or had, a secret stash of bacon hidden in the vegetable drawer. Right. Buried beneath vegetables. You really want to get into this? What do you have to say for yourself is all I'm asking. Oh, there's so many things I have to say for myself. First of all, if anyone wonders, why would you cook the whole pound of bacon? Well, it just makes it a little easier because... Oftentimes, our son in the morning wants eggs and bacon. And we eat it cold. Um, well, no, but no, no, which I like. It, it's very good cold. But he like if I'm making him eggs, I'll I'll put his bacon in the fry pan first, just for like ten seconds. It heats it up. It's just easier than than cooking bacon. People who make bacon know how greasy and and a bit of a nuisance it can be to clean up. So I'll make all of the bacon at once. When when I make myself scrambled eggs, I like to sometimes throw in bacon with it. It's easy to just use the bacon that you, I've you don't cooked. have to explain to people why no, no, bacon but, is but, delicious. but i think sure. that's a, the start start of it so we generally in the refrigerator have at least two pounds of uncooked bacon and what frustrates me a little bit is i'll make this bacon ahead of time so that to make my own life easier so that when i want to have some or when i'm making eggs for our son or even our daughters whatever i i get can make it easier. And then you never labeled Once, it as your personal supply of bacon. No, no, because I didn't made. think I had to. So when you were eating the bacon, I had no problem with that. You put bacon on your sandwich, I have no problem with that. 
This is what I have a problem with. When all of a sudden I see you putting bacon on the dog food so that our dog will eat. I have a problem with that. And this is the main. It's a portion of a piece. It's a tiny portion of a piece. And it's the only way the dog will eat the food. This is this is the crux of it. There's two pounds of uncooked bacon in the refrigerator that you will never even consider cooking for yourself. You would you would you would go the next month, (laughs) two months, years without eating bacon rather than cooking some bacon. So I was fed up. He's not only eating my Mm. bacon. That's fine. He's giving it to the dog. I'm right here. You wouldn't even that bacon would go moldy and turn green. I tried before you would consider making the bacon. I I tried cooking once. I made a batch once. You showed me how to cook it. I made it and it didn't go well. Everybody acknowledged it didn't go well. I microwaved it. This is the the whole thing that makes it so easy because when I make the bacon, I make it in the microwave. You cook it However many pieces of bacon are on the plate, that's how many minutes you cook it. Two pieces, two minutes. Three but pieces, between, two minutes. Between it's two paper simple. towels on a plate? You put a paper towel down because it's very, very greasy. You put the bacon, then a piece, another piece of paper towel. It is the easiest thing in the world to do. It just takes some time. Is, is, but you would never do it. May I ask you? You'll feed it to the dog, but you won't make it. And that, Or I'll go to make myself eggs or our son eggs, and I open the little Tupperware, and there's like a half a piece of bacon in there. It does nobody any good. You've eaten like whatever and left a half <laughs> a piece of bacon. Who does this? Uh, perhaps not me. Maybe it was one of our kids. But... Is it really a one one minute to one slice? It's a one to one ratio. At least in our in the microwave we have now, yes, it works perfectly. The paper towel absorbs most of the grease. We, you and I both like our the bacon to be nice and crisp. It makes it. It's so easy. I've told you this, and instead, we've got right now. I think we have three pounds of uncooked bacon in the drawer. No pounds of cooked bacon, and it will remain that way unless I cook it and then hide it so that you don't feed it to the dog. I think anybody out there listening will be on my side with this. I don't think there's a single sane person out there who would take your side in this? What's my side? My side is that I enjoy occasionally eating a piece of bacon. Of no, cooked bacon. your side is that you're upset with me that I put it in the vegetable drawer. No, no, the no. bacon that I made that I put in the vegetable drawer <laughs> to keep you from giving it to the dog. That, I believe, was your argument, counselor. <laughs> which, which one of us sounds upset here? I'm not upset at all. All I'm this saying has is been... it amused me that you had your own personal so bacon stash this, this... and 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 the fact that where can I hide this where he'll never find it? Oh, I know, beneath it, the vegetables. Well, that's because I've, I've put that bacon, the, the cooked bacon, <laughs> has been in every corner of the refrigerator as I try to hide it from you. It's, it started in the cold cut drawer. That didn't work. So I pushed it to the back of the cold cut drawer with something gross in front of it. You still found it. I put it in the fruit drawer at one point. You found it. And then now you, fu- you found it in the vegetable drawer. And I have considered just going to th- saying, forget it all. When I need two pieces of bacon, I'll just make the amount I need because it drives me that crazy you need, you, to see you to see you putting it on the dog's dish or the other thing you do even though you would never consider making the bacon yourself and and ever consider it the other thing you do is if you smell bacon because I'm making doing like the making the bacon for later yes. in the week you'll come in the kitchen you'll start eating well, the bacon off the plate but you would who, never consider you would am, never consider making I, some bacon I am merely human who can smell bacon, <laughs> cooked bacon, sitting on a counter and not come? Fair enough. Bacon could be the, the most delicious food H- have ever. Have you considered making or purchasing a bacon safe? <laughs> a refrigerated bacon safe? Yes, a refrigerated bacon <laughs> safe. And people say, you know, you can buy the pre-made, pre-cooked bacon, whatever. I don't like that nearly as much. But no, yeah. 
That'll be when the kids move out of our house, instead of downsizing, we'll just change what we have here. Like we'll we'll remove one of the cabinets that we no longer need for the kid cups and the kid bowls and we'll put in a bacon safe. I think that that's a much better solution than you learning how to make bacon. Well, now, now that I know it's a one minute to it's one slice It's a one to one ratio. ratio. The cleanup is kind of messy because you don't want any of the grease to go down a drain and all of that. But yeah, it's for the most part, sweetheart, pretty easy thing do, to make. Do you know what I can make in the microwave? <laughs> popcorn. Yes, you the make stuff that really because there's a button popcorn. that says popcorn. Yeah. Is there a button that says bacon? Um, no, there's not a button that says bacon. But that button now, you know, is the are the numbers. You'll count the pieces of bacon. Now I know. You'll grunt, and then you'll hit the corresponding number on the uh, on the microwave. Well. Aren't you glad you brought that up? Absolutely. <laughs> This is uh, something like six degrees of Rebecca's bacon, but I feel more like it's the third degree of right. Rebecca's bacon. You certainly are getting the third degree, that's for sure. Well, now that you s- sprang, sprung, sprung the bacon on me, I'm going to spring something on you. And our listeners who, I don't remember which podcast we talked about this previously, but our listeners should remember that in the front hall of our house where you and our son like to play hallway hoops or hallway soccer. HH and HS, respectively. Yes. There is also a picture hanging up. It was one of my favorite gifts I ever got on Mother's Day that our babysitter helped put together. And it's a framed picture with each of our kids. Each of them had painted a letter of the word love, L-O-V and E. And then it's them holding the picture that they painted. And then um, those four pictures are framed. And I don't know how many months ago it was. Maybe it was about a year ago. And you and our son were playing hallway hoops, I believe, not hallway soccer, in the front hall. And hit that picture and broke the frame. And that broken framed picture was sitting on our dining room table for months until our babysitter came to visit one day, took the picture, got new glass for it, fixed it again, one of my favorite Mother's Day presents ever, and hung hung it back up. So last week... I hear you scolding our son as you're taking down the picture that once again has a broken glass front. Was it hoops this time or was it, it soccer? Was it was hoops. But the best part was you blame, You didn't take any responsibility for it. You didn't say, I'm sorry this happened again. You didn't say, yes, of course I should be taking this picture down when we play hallway hoops. Instead, you said, what did you say? Do you remember? Well, if I remember correctly, he was going in for a... Uh, kind of trying to do a run a little floater in the lane and and I I blocked a shot into the ninth row you blocked the shot into the f- picture frame well and what you said to me you had zero remorse that you'd broke that you'd broken this you said he came in with this weak stuff what was I supposed to do would you rather he, he came in with a weak shot so you had to block it into my picture frame would you rather have a son who brings weak stuff into the lane with impunity Yes. Or, or or a husband who or, breaks or, my frame. Or one who knows that you still take pictures, z- while beautiful, are are f- the frame is fixable. Of Those course, memories will endure even after the picture. Of course, no longer I does. don't want. Of course, I don't want our son coming in with weak stuff. I'm not even all that annoyed that the picture frame was broken, even though I know it's not going to get fixed unless I fix it or our babysitter comes back. 
What bothers me is that you took, you had zero, you took zero of the blame. You could, even though you're the one who hit the ball into it, you, you immediately just blamed it on our son. It's his fault for bringing that weak stuff in. At any point since you broke the frame the last time, did you consider taking that picture down? It's easy. It's an easy picture to hang up and take down. Did you consider taking it down when you guys played hallway I, I, hoops? I, I, I'm not trying to avoid your question, but I think the larger issue, I think the larger issue is, and we've talked about this before, you know, in this culture where people don't want to get posterized, oh, that, that fool got posterized when somebody dunked on him, I think it's better to make an effort on defense and try to stop the uh, the guy who's attempting to this dunk. This still has nothing to do with my sure. broken frame. It's why the broken I blocked frame of shot. one of my favorite pictures. Well, it's pathetic. The fact that I blocked and the I'm, shot into the picture is, is unfortunate, I'll grant you. And I, I, I won't even... We'll eventually get the frame fixed, not the frame, the, the, the glass. glass. We'll eventually get it fixed. And, and we'll get it fixed without, without still, glass glass. We'll get it fixed with, with the plexiglass. Plastic, yeah. And you'll still play. You, you'll, you still will play without taking the picture down, even though it's a super easy thing to do. I'm just throwing throwing I'll, that out there. I'll take the picture down. But since he wants to play every day, then then we have no you picture You take it down and you put it back up. It's not a hard thing to it's do. It's difficult to hang those pictures on those little tiny hooks. I think you know oh, what I'm talking good about. heavens. Anyway, I'm sorry. But you're still blaming Let me go back. Him. I'm sorry if <laughs> right. you were offended by <laughs> Card 99? Oh, I forget. What's the number of the card? ESPN, you know, we always have a card at the announce table. It's the infamous card. Gosh, card number something. I'll, I'll learn what the number is where they has the apology, non-apology. The if I've I'm, I'm sorry if I've offended someone with something that I've said or however it reads. Anyway. Anyway, I, I, I sincerely apologize if my blocking our son's shot offended you in any way. Can we talk about um, our the jailbreak that we had here this week? Ooh, yeah, we sure, certainly can. And again, not to cast stones, but I never walk the dog. I'll start there. You never walk the dog. The kids never walk the dog. Therefore, our dog never gets walked. Correct? She does, however, get plenty of exercise because we have a decent-sized yard that she has one of those... Um, electric the, collars and she can really run around and sprint around so should we walk her more absolutely does she still get a lot of exercise and a lot of outside time yes she does but, but anyway but she doesn't get to, to frolic or gamble with a with a bol as much as she ought to no and she ab she loves other dogs when people walk their dogs up by our house you know they often let their dogs come into our yard to play with our dog the because UPS our guy, dog yeah any passing she sparrow. she certainly is a playful playful little animal so you were here being interviewed by a, a video crew for something and at the end of this session they summoned me and our dog to get footage of us in a typical activity of ours walking the dog well, just wa we weren't really walking the dog. They wanted to just get B-roll of you, you and I walking down the driveway. The, the dog, we didn't have the dog on a leash or anything. She was just walking with us as we walked down wearing, the driveway. Wearing her invisible wearing fence her. collar. Yes, exactly. So we, we stood at the top of the driveway, and Jesse, our dog, came running up to us to join us, we thought. Delighted to see us, but instead... And well, and the only time she normally sees us standing at the top of the driveway is when we're about to take her for a walk. Yes, but instead of, instead of running up to greet us, she ran past us through the property line, through the invisible fence, and out into the street without... She put her head down like a charging bull. She knew what she had to run through, that there was going to be some pain, and in her brain, it was worth it. And also in her brain, 
uh, was not, oh, good, they're taking me for a walk. In her brain was, finally, I'm free. And she went <laughs> booking down the street. She did. At a high rate of speed. And so I started chasing after her with no leash in my hand, no way to get her back. And and let's be honest, with your foot speed, it was unlikely that you were going to catch her. That's a, that's a cheap shot. I, I might not well, have she's a foot a, she's speed, like a, she's but part I've got greyhound. the endurance. Yeah, she, yeah. Nobody was going to catch her. I mean, you're she's part a, greyhound, she, but she she's is a, really she's a part fast, greyhound. Yeah. She's a fast beast, yes. And uh, so I got the car and the leash and a milk bone. And I don't remember if I picked you up or if I blew past you. You eventually picked me up. You blew past me and then realized okay. that I wasn't going to be helpful unless I was with you and then came back and And this is a up. detail that I, I didn't share with you. As I was booking down our street to try to catch up with the dog, the radio was tuned to Soul Town on Sirius XM. And the first words out of the speakers as I went chasing after Jesse were, set me free, why don't you, babe? Get out my life, why don't you, babe? The Supreme singing, so that keep was, me holding on. Was that... In the soundtrack of, you know, how you, you say sometimes the... It was the soundtrack, the movie of my life. Right. That's what the soundtrack was. Were you being was, set free, getting rid of the dog, no, no, or did no, you feel Jessie, like the dog this was, was this being was, set this free? This was uh, Jesse in her mind. She was, she was free. She'd broken free. And uh, she fortunately, she stopped about five doors down to urinate in a neighbor's yard. Mm-hmm. And we were able to get the leash on her, force her into the car, because she doesn't... She doesn't love going in the car. Right. And uh, we brought, brought her, her back home. home. But now we have to not only raise the level of intensity on her shot collar, but I'm, I'm a lot less comfortable just letting her go out and roam. I'm afraid she might bust, bust free again. She doesn't wear a shock collar. Well, what, what is it? Electric fence collar, whatever. You still have to... She still gets shocked when she well, goes I mean, through the how fence. How often is she going to run through the fence? She, she well, Hopefully not ever again. I hope not. I turned the tables on you this week. I went away for a few days, and you stayed home with the kids. And we had a lovely weekend. We missed you, of course, but we also had a lovely weekend. I also, when I left for the airport, ran through the invisible fence with a shock <laughs> collar on my neck, and it was worth it. But no one chased no, you. No one chased me, and nor did I look to come back. I did also stop and urinate in a neighbor's yard <laughs> when I got halfway down the street. Were you listening to five doors down yes, instead of I, traveling no, was, five doors but, down? Uh, but no, I, I went to the Twin Cities for two book, wonderful book events on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, flew out Friday night, I guess, and came. got back at 2 in the morning on Monday morning. So it was a whirlwind, but, um, but I got a lot of the airport airplane experiences that we talk about on these podcasts, you know, many of the same ones, including the, uh, the day drinkers and whatnot. But a new one, to me anyway, was uh, at a very crowded uh, gate where there were only random single seats. I spied not only an empty seat, but an empty seat on the end, which is really the only seat you want. Mm. You can set your bag next to the empty seat on the end. And I went over there to sit in it and realized why it was empty. It was those seats that are back to back. And the person sitting behind that seat had her back length ponytail hanging over the seat back of the empty seat. Mm-hmm. So what is the etiquette there when you're hair spreading? <laughs> well, my first concern would because be Because I, I, I took out so a scissors be, and cut it off. Right. <laughs> it would be to put your hood up. I don't know. Like, do you flick their ponytail? Because if you sit back and lean back against then you're, it, you're, you're going to be pulling their pinning hair. Yes. their... Yeah. So 
what did you do? I did what everybody else did. I left the seat empty and silently seethed that, I mean... That she was hair spreading. She couldn't have possibly been oblivious to the hair spreading. I bet she was. Like, you're not really thinking about your other hair. Other people? Well, or other people, yeah. How old was the woman? Especially if she was young, she was more concerned about how cute her ponytail was than the fact that it was no, taking she was, up someone's Yeah, she was seat. probably 30. Yeah, that well, exactly. Exactly what? I'm saying, so she was probably, all she cared about was how cute her ponytail I was. Just, she wasn't uh, even considering I, the fact I, I, that I it was, was taking I, up its I, own I, seat. You know, thought... Excuse me, madam, but you may not realize your hair spreading. <laughs> and could I ask you to kindly remove your ponytail from my seat? I wish that there was even the slightest part of you where that would have been a possibility for you to say that because Believe I would me. have loved to hear the reaction. The older I get, the more it becomes a possibility because as I become an old guy, that's what you expect. That's what you expect of an old guy. I know. But I, I still would have a hard time seeing you broaching a stranger. And oh, I had no intention of broaching her. I was just <laughs> going to ask her to remove the ponytail. And then eventually I got on the plane, and um, I had been upgraded mercifully. And um, the flight attendant came by. This was like 9 o'clock on Friday night, if I remember correctly, 8 o'clock or something like that. And the flight attendant said to the guy um, opposite, uh, would you like anything to drink? He said, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. And said, actually, I will have something. I thought, okay, he's decided to you know, have an orange juice or something. Just a, uh, a Red Bull and vodka. What time of evening was this? It was, was like this? 8 o'clock. You know, appropriate time. But, I mean, you know, that whole, it's going to oh, sure. wire it's him. Jet, and then, all and, of a sudden changes your expectation for your flight. And the, and the um, very uh, kind, sweet, Midwestern-based flight attendant said to him in her best Marge Gunderson voice, oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> and then did she supply it to him? No, they didn't have any Red Bull. Uh, so uh, he asked for a uh, vodka and Sprite, and he was supplied with that and was, was perfectly well behaved. So he went from a Red Bull to a no, drink no, that has no, zero caffeine? No, he went from nothing, I'm good, to actually, can you, you know, I'm going from zero to 80 in three seconds. Mm. And then went back down to... 40. It's, it was very much like the time we took our nieces and nephews to see the Judy Moody movie, I think it was, in the Twin Cities, and, and our kids as well. And I asked our nephew, Joe, I was going out for snacks. I said, Joe, would you like anything to eat? And he said, no thanks, just Whoppers. <laughs> and I said, let me get this straight. You don't want anything to eat. That's the best of both worlds. You're not asking for anything. I'm not buying you anything. But could you just bring me a giant box of movie theater whoppers right well and i'm sure you did because yeah. that's what an uncle does that's the that's the the uh 10 year old equivalent of nothing to drink for me just a red bull and vodka i don't know why this has jumped into my mind now but just because i'm curious and i want closure going back to the bacon when you looked in the vegetable drawer were you looking for a vegetable or were you looking for hidden bacon that's an excellent question <laughs> and and uh i would like to Invoke my uh, Fifth Amendment Fifth right. Amendment rights against self-incrimination. No, I think you pathetic I, I think, man. I know I think you. I saw, of course well, you I think were I saw. I think I saw a vat of of uh, French onion dip in the fridge, which which is a rarity. In fairness, I got that for you. I, I love it. You know, I love it. I, I, I just I, rarely get it, but obviously, if I get it, I'm if, getting it because I know you if like I, it. If I were a condemned man, <laughs> and for now, it's still a hypothetical. I had a last meal 
before getting the chair. What, what would you have? I'll tell you. I'll tell you my answer after after you tell me your answer. I don't know because you're no longer you're no longer concerned with long term health uh, effects. You're no longer concerned even with short term health effects. Like like oh, is this going to keep me up tonight, or is this going to you know make me uh, oh you're talking give me heartburn about tomorrow if I'm about to go to the chair. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You've never thought about that. I haven't, but you clearly have at least for in the last 15 well, seconds. It, so let me hear. We don't have to frame it this way. Just what would, what Just, would you eat if, you, if, if, if it had no ill health effects? I, well, you know, I love ice cream, so I probably have a big, giant ice cream sundae. Okay. Oh, that's, that's a good, good With answer. bacon. <laughs> With bacon, sure. Out of the bacon safe. Uh, yes. It would be right next to the ice cream yeah. safe. Um, I would probably have a, uh, a family-sized bag of, of rippled chips. Mm-hmm. And a uh, uh, like a hot tub sized <laughs> container of French onion dip. Really, that would be your last meal. Well, if if I ate that, it would be my last meal, whether <laughs> I was condemned or not. But um, but yeah, you like I, chips and I, dip that I, much? I, I, I can't. Yeah. I, well, I enjoy it. Okay. Well, I'll buy chips and dip more often then. <laughs> to try to hasten my demise. <laughs> no, and but you're not I'll saying really them. you like it that much. I'll buy it more often. You're saying really that would kill you. <laughs> that's, I'll buy that's, it more often. That's all I need to do. I don't need the slow drip sabotage. It, it would be the perfect crime <laughs> because instead of the police having to check for like, did you lace my coffee or something? He doesn't drink coffee. I'll just keep feeding him ripple chips and dip. <laughs> Right out in the open. That way I don't have to uh, doctor your blood work anymore. And so you come home and say, I've got low cholesterol. Yeah, right. yes, oh, right. do you? Yes. The doctor said I really need to uh, either come in for a French onion dip infusion. <laughs> or you can just feed him an eight-ounce glass every day of that Tostitos uh, cheese dip, the, the melted queso that I like on nachos as well. So This actually, speaking of the... Um, the bacon refrigerator, the bacon safe, and the ice cream safe. So uh, I'll ask this this of you because um, sometimes, like our kids also really like ice cream. Ice cream is probably my favorite dessert. And um, so even in the wintertime, we have ice cream in our freezer. And sometimes, I mean, I don't eat a ton of ice cream, but I'll eat it occasionally and enjoy it. And sometimes I'll buy like a pint or two of like Ben and Jerry's or higher quality ice cream. And I'll kind of stick it in the it's back sort of, of the it's freezer. sort of understood that that's your stash. Well, yes. I want it to be my stash. I think that's fair because if I'm only going to have, you know, a spoonful or two, say once a week, I should be able to have like the higher quality ice cream. And so like, is that wrong? Then if the kids open the drawer and there's, you know, three different flavors of the, of hood ice cream or whatever else, briars. But sometimes like I feel if they say, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, you have to leave that alone. That's mom's ice cream. Kids just eat your your uh, store brand vanilla while mom eats <laughs> chunky, chunky monkey, monkey from Ben & Jerry's. Like yeah. But I, that's I can not see what I do. I get them good flavors. And when they inevitably Villanilla's eat their a- ice cream and I don't realize it's gone, they end up eating mine as well. But uh, I just wonder what other people think of that. Like, is, is it okay to save the better food for you <laughs> and then give the kids spam with sprinkles. <laughs> Here's what you need. You need like a refrigerated version of the P.O. boxes at the post office where there's there's 200 individual slots with 200 individual keys, 200 individual drawers, and then you can put your your ice cream in one slot, your bacon in another <laughs> slot, and you can have your own personal uh, individual compartments of stuff. You think that's what that would make me happy? Well, I think it would it would it, it would, would help make me hungry. I know <laughs> that because I, I I don't do the grocery shopping. <laughs> 
And I think my being hungry would make you happy. But um, and I will know. We will now get more of the French onion because I get vegetable dip. We've talked about this before. I get vegetable dip plenty, but I just don't get the chip dip very often. But I'll get that more now. Well, you know, whatever you buy, whatever we eat is it's a moot point now because basketball season has started and um, it's all walk, not walk, crock all the time. We didn't have I wish crock we all last all night. Pardon? We didn't have crock last no, night. No, no, but it, it is the season. Even foods that aren't normally crock turn into crock foods. Like if we're going to have. Um, if we're going to have tacos, I'll make the meat earlier in the day right. and just keep it warm in the crock pot. So even though taco meat isn't a crock pot food, it ends up in the crock pot just it's, to make it a little bit easier it, for everyone and, to have and, a nice meal. I, you don't have to be defensive. I mean, we appreciate well, but it. But you go on the offensive. I know if you're no, no, talking no, about the crock no, pot, no, no, no. It's, you're on the offensive. What I wanted to do was celebrate. And if only, and I, I, stayed, <laughs> I stayed with Tom of Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Very gracious. Thank you, Tom and, and Jill. I... Uh, watched the uh, some of the Gophers' um, loss to Iowa with Tom and Hari. Oh, you uh, didn't tell weekend. me that Hari well, was there. Well, I didn't there. talk to you while I was there. And uh, one of the Dicks was there as well. So well, His real name is not Dick. Right. And, uh, oh, so anyway, I wish I had commissioned them a theme song for this because this would be a perfect segment. It's not a segment. I just wanted to announce, the only reason I brought it up is to announce that we have begun the season of melting meats yes we have and the other day when some meat was melting in the crock pot the kids had asked me what were we having for dinner when i brought them home from school i said i don't know but it's in the crock pot and i lifted the lid on the crock pot and still was none the wiser as to what we were having all i could say was <laughs> it was a melting meat but to get the kids to sort it was of, a sweet bourbon chicken was it, it was to delicious get, to get the kids to buy into you know to buy into it because sometimes sometimes so you not, just tell them it's i don't know it's melting yeah, meat. sometimes they're not thrilled with the melt season of melting meats i i said i came up with a, a little jingle to sell it okay okay why didn't you close this is while you us? were with tom and hari and no 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 no, no this was while i was with our kids okay you may have been out of town or something this was in the okay. past week and you may remember from spinal tap the great film this is spinal tap one of their early sort of skiffle era songs for Spinal Tap was Cups and Cakes, Cups and Cakes, Oh What Good Things Mother Makes. Do you remember that? Vaguely. I well, think anyways, I've seen just, bits and pieces so, of so Spinal Tap. As I, as I lifted the lid on the crock pot and saw uh, an uh, unidentifiable carcass. There wasn't a carcass in there. Salvador Dali-ing into <laughs> a... heavens. I sang, I sang to myself and then to the kids, melting meats, melting meats, a what yummy, tummy treats. <laughs> and they, and it, did, they it, didn't, it didn't make them any, it, it, now they were horrified by both the, uh, the entree and their dad. Well, can I just say that was the night we also had two of our daughter's basketball teammates over for dinner because um, like last minute because we we're all going to go to their first basketball game together. We had actually had a nice meal. We had some cheesy garlic bread. We had some <laughs> rice, all things that I made to accompany and, and the melting meats. We had vegetable. We had a salad. It was I mean, so come good. On. It was delicious. The melting meats were actually they very were very good. good. I, I love a melting meat. But you don't, or else you wouldn't be coming up with these jingles. You know how I know it's the season of melting meats? I come up with the jingles to sell it to the kids. I'm already <laughs> okay, sold. You had, sold. You had me at bourbon okay. chicken. <laughs> this know how I know it's the season of melting meats is because basketball season means yesterday I reached into my purse 
to pull out oh, my wallet or my phone. And instead, what came out and fell on the floor was my whistle <laughs> with the red <laughs> lanyard string around it. Um, and I went to put went to the grocery store. I was going to put groceries in the back of the car. But first, I had to move the giant bag full of seven basketballs out of the way so I could put the food in there. That reminds me. Um, I figured out the one thing I would like you to get for me for Christmas. Well, let me write this down. I'm all ears. I don't, you're not going to need to write it down because we've talked about this on the podcast before. And you're going to be delighted because you will enjoy this as much as I will. But all I want for Christmas this year is one of the portable basketball clocks. The you, timer clocks. Uh, we've talked about this before. You want, you want a scoreboard? I want a scoreboard. Yes. Portable. I guess that is what it's called. Yes. The basketball. And it's not even basketball specific. I want a scoreboard because there's so much more I can do in my basketball practices with the five teams that I'm coaching if I have this scoreboard. So will you please get that? I for will me get for it for Christmas? you under one condition. Okay. When we're not, when you're not using it, we can plug it in here at home for various and various. You settings. and our son can use it when you're playing hallway hoops. Absolutely. You can. Use I can it. use it to time my bacon cooking. <laughs> You could, even and, though the microwave will do that for you. And, and at the dinner table, when I make, when I best you in an argument or make a rhetorical point, I can put it on the board, and we can keep track of. We can literally yes. keep score. Yes, we can. Something you're not supposed to do in marriage. When uh, when we talk about timing things, when I was at the grocery store yesterday, or the day before, I actually bought like one of the old school little timers that you use um, in the kitchen when you're cooking cookies or whatever you're cooking and you turn it to the amount of minutes and it tick, 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 tick until it gets to down to the time and then it dings. And um, because of course we don't have enough, enough things in this house that can keep time. Or like things the, that ding. <laughs> like the Alexa or your phone or your iPad or whatever else. But I got this specifically for our nine-year-old so she could use it um, when she's on a device because um, we've decided that she needed to have, oh, actually all of our kids, little stricter restrictions put on their device. And, and the two of us. Right, and the two of us. But the main reason and the impetus for us deciding, all right, it's time to put some serious restrictions on device The time, impetus or the pompatus? <laughs> of love. The, pom- the impetus well, of love. Um, it was because uh, at school, was it called a love map? It was called a, not in my school. It wasn't. <laughs> it was called a something map, where in I think it was inside a heart. All the kids had to write all of the things that they love. Um, so maybe it wasn't called a love map, but it was. All I'm thinking right now is <laughs> sign says stay away fools because love rules at the lo- of map right. So in there, fortunately, I haven't seen it, but she was telling me. You know, she wrote my family my dog, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, visiting my cousin. She put all these things in there, but she also put in device time. And so after each kid made this uh, love Love map, map. (laughs) baby love map, (laughs) for lack of a better, whatever accurate term it is, they had to write a personal narrative and a personal essay. And so she was telling me how she wrote hers. You have to choose one thing. And she wrote her whole essay on how much she loves going on her device. And that, and I think she ended it by saying, you know, my brother even says I'm addicted to my device. And anyway, as she's telling me this stuff, I was driving her home from school on Friday and she's relaying this story to me. I'm getting more and more horrified. And then I said, did you turn this in? She said, yes, I turned it in. And uh, so then, you know, the teacher's going to read it. 
And then later on that day, she said, uh, yeah, next week, each of us gets to get in front of our class and read our personal and you were narrative, ashamed. our personal essay. And I was just like, she said, Mom, how come you get mad at me every time I bring this up? And I said to her, I said, I'm not mad at you. I said, I'm horrified at my own parenting <laughs> that you have written a whole personal narrative essay about how much you love going on your device. So anyway bought this little timer and she was great because now she'll say um on the weekend I, she was allowed 90 minutes and um and so she was like mom i've and it's help, helping her with her math too she said mom all right i'm allowed 90 but i've done 25 so how many do i have left i can tell her you know figure it out and she's she can do that math but um but anyway i'm still horrified <laughs> I can imagine being that teacher reading, you know, some of the kids say, I, you know, I love my pet. I love God. I love whatever. I love country. <laughs> Rose, I love my device. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do, do you remember when, how difficult it was to fold your love map <laughs> before there was love GPS? <laughs> And the beauty is there's no way it was called a love map. Of course there's not. So we'll have, to find, out. We'll have to find of out what it actually not. was called. Because he's in fourth grade, right. of course not. A love but it was called something. A love triptych. Like that. These are all Barry White songs that should have been written. Ooh, baby, I love your ways. Uh, let's get to viewer mail, shall we? Big bad book, throw our lure. Reel us in with your viewer mail. A lot of people wrote in, or a few people wrote in, about uh, children's hangers. Do you think more people will write in about love maps or children's hangers next I, I, week? I, I don't know, but... Uh, All right, let's hear it. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll write in about their, their love hangers. <laughs> uh, well, Matt is a dad who does plenty of parenting because he said you solicited moms about kids' hangers. And, is this and, Matt in West Hartford whose no, kid no, gets no, no, stuck no, in the chair? No, okay. no. That, that Matt... That Matt is also a dad who has done plenty of parenting, just not just not on in the in the proper direction. So, okay. um, uh, this Matt uh, says uh, uh, sends a link to Kids Hangers by a company called Pillow Fort at Target, and I just love that company name, Pillow Fort. Hmm. But anyway, they're they're hangers in not toddler size, not adult size, in a, in a kind of a mid size. And um, Mary Beth writes in with. Uh, a link to adjustable arm baby hangers. I appreciate that. I was actually looking online today and I saw both kid hangers because we do have some kid hangers, but again, they're not quite the right size. But the adjustable arm hanger, I think that is exactly what we need. But Mary Beth also writes in with not only a link to hangers, she writes in with a photograph of her of her uh, cat on a picture of you and Lisa Leslie on the front page of the New York Times Sports from a couple of years ago on, on the is the New York 20th, Times like serving as the fifth, litter box twentieth anniversary. Well, let's absorber. see. Absorber. Um, dear Rebecca and Steve, my wife Christina and I were listening to episode one hundred and one on the way to my job when I felt uh, the compelling need to search for children's hangers. I am linking the Amazon. So, so Mary Beth didn't even know about the hangers. She searched for us, and uh, the the head header on this email is children's hangers from a cat mom. <laughs> So she probably doesn't, she doesn't require even have her own hangers. children. But I she... highly suggest the velvet-covered hangers as they rest easier on the fabric of the clothing, Mary Beth writes. I hope our suggestion works even though we do not have any human children. We do have two cats and are planning to take a photo of them in full liberty gear. But in the meantime, here's our boy cat Mahler, named after the composer Gustav Mahler, and Rebecca and Lisa Leslie via the front page of the New York Times for the 20th anniversary of the WNBA. 
His sister is named Melody Pond. Yes, a musical name, but named after Melody Pond, a.k.a. spoiler alert, River Song from Doctor Who. I hope I didn't spoil Doctor Who for anybody out there. Mahler is English and Melody is Scottish, and they would love to become your resident musically inclined felines. What we do you don't say, have Rebecca? any non-human residents, do we? Oh, we, we need them, so... Uh, are you, come on, really? Mahler and Melody are, are English-Scottish, uh, Brexiteering, musically-inclined felines. They've got the gig. Rebecca, I feel your pain regarding the sock issue, writes Mary Beth. My wife tends to leave a trail of socks all over the apartment, under the couch, under the coffee table, under the dining room table, and I have yet to train my kittens to retrieve them and put them in the hamper. You should get your, buy a dog, and the dog will eat them for you. We love your podcast. It's the only one we listen to together. And because of it, I believe Christina is starting to love basketball. So thank you. I assume thank you, Rebecca, since uh, this comes from our friend Mark Simon, uh, and I love this. Hello, Mark. Hi, Mark. Mark writes, hi, your multiple references to the Dixon Ticonderoga reminded me of something, and since it's basketball-related, I thought the two of you would enjoy it. We also, of course, made made multiple references to the Dixon Triconderoga, the triangle-shaped pencil that Dr. K from Fort Wayne sent us. In the mid-2000s, I'm sorry, in the, in the in 2001, Mark writes, the Messiah College women's basketball team would end their pregame warm-ups by yelling out, number two, Dixon Ticonderoga. Who would do this? The Messiah College women's basketball team. Okay. I once wrote a story about this, writes Mark. The quote I got was, quote, it's for the pencil, said then senior forward Amy Hitz. If you break one pencil, it breaks easily. But if you try to break a whole box, it doesn't break. The chanting may sound funny, too, but we spend a lot of time focusing on unity, and it has a huge impact on our play. We like to say that, like the pencils, we're pre-sharpened and ready for action. It worked. The year that they started doing this, they played in the Division Three National Championship game. Your resident statistician, Mark Simon. That's, That's a great. terrific story. I love it. You should, uh, you should work the number two pencil chant into your elementary school um, basketball pregame chant. We could do a combined number two pencil chant and, and Austin Powers chant, and it could just be... Who does number two pencil work, work for? for? Exactly. Uh, Rebecca and Steve uh, writes, Brian, what color is the sky in your world? Is the header on this. Concerning your egg arrangement debate, he actually writes, <clears throat> this may have been autocorrected, but he actually writes, concerning your egg arrangement debate. <laughs> That's con- what puts you on death considering row. Considering your, your, uh, your hoarding of bacon or my theft of bacon, we may get into a an egg arraignment situation at some point. But concerning your egg arrangement debate, presumably, it was stated that they should not be placed all on one side because one of the kids would put it back the wrong way and then you had the potential for omelets. Quick question. What dream world do you live in where a child would place eggs, or anything for that matter, back into the refrigerator? Steve would probably change an air filter before that happens. Keep potting Brian from River Edge, New Jersey. Brian, you're absolutely right. What was I thinking? Our kids to this day... Our oldest kids, they won't they won't put the milk back in the fridge after pouring cereal. I don't understand it. Our youngest will, actually, she takes pride in it because then she's like, look how strong I am kind of a thing, putting it back. But I remember that as a kid, too, because I was the youngest and coming downstairs for school. And you'd get so frustrated if one of your older siblings left the milk out because cereal with lukewarm milk isn't nearly as good as cereal with the cold, cold milk. Well, I'm glad we get to this one because another Mark writes, uh, hello from an old Hill Murray guy, class of 83, now in Chicago by way of New York City. Really enjoy your books and the podcast. Thank you, Mark. We also used to spend late nights at the White Castle on Larpenter Avenue and White Bear Avenue in St. Paul slash Maplewood. I thought you would enjoy this. And then he closes a link to the story, Indiana Judges Suspended After Brawl Outside White Castle. Some of you may have heard this. I know, and I love, at least 30 people have sent tweeted or texted this story to me. And when I was in Minneapolis over the weekend, I would say at least another dozen people asked me if I had seen this story. 
three Indiana judges in Indianapolis for a judicial statewide judicial conference, got into an altercation at 3 o'clock in the morning in a White Castle parking lot. End up, two of them ended up being shot by uh, in that parking lot, and um, it's just further proof that, uh, that knights, knights in White well. Not further proof. I, I wasn't going to make a disparaging comment about judges. We have one in our family. I was going to uh, mention that White Castle parking lots are still a place of uh, of uh, lively civic discourse. So thank you for that. Margaret writes, uh, Rebecca and Steve, I recently enjoyed listening to Steve as a guest on Sarah Spain's podcast. That's what she said. Yes, she was kind enough to have me on that podcast. I've heard the story several times about how both both of you, you and Rebecca, initially met, but I wanted to ask Rebecca a couple of questions. I really admire the fact that you invited Steve to his first WNBA game after he mocked women's basketball publicly in Sports Illustrated, uh, and I've, I've uh, expressed my regret for that many times over the years and do it again Coming now. to the game or to writing the stuff uh, initially. Um, Writing the stuff initially, okay. and then and then and then um, everything that followed. Uh, <laughs> so so Rebecca writes Margaret, getting heavy here. What was your initial intent by this gesture? Simply to expose Steve to women's basketball and show him that his comments were wrong, or did you get to know him well enough that evening at the bar to consider this gesture a date? And how were you not angered by his comments? Others' first reaction may have been to chastise him for his comments, not invite him out. Anyway, glad you helped Steve change his perspective. P.S. Okay. Anyway, um, so um, Rebecca, I guess that's over to you. My, you, sh- you did both, I should say. You well, both I, chastised I, I me. I first and chastised me you, and then I asked you how many games you had been to. You first and chastised me, and then you broached me. <laughs> and I don't know if it was that night or, a, or if it was a following time where um, I asked you to if you wanted to come to a game. No, you, but you it asked, wasn't. You asked it me was, that time. I, I didn't go to a game. But it was. Way. It was certainly not. Um, you know, it wasn't a date because, you know, no, when, no, the first few so. times that we hung out, I don't think either of us were it, considering At least dating not the in other. your mind, it wasn't. No, it okay. definitely was not. <laughs> in my mind, attending the game where you were 500 yards away at all times and I had no, even didn't even speak to you, it was still a date. It was, uh, it was how all of your other dates have gone where exactly. you have to be 500 yards Entirely away. imaginary. So Michelle writes, not Restiva, but Restivia. R-E-S-T-E-V-E-A. Oh, I guess that may be a, uh, another spelling of Restiva. Yeah. Uh, but I like Restivia. It's 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 you, me, and a sugar, a and an sugar. artificial sweetener yes. in a marriage. Yes. And our marriage could use an artificial sweetener. Some Couldn't days it, it could. <laughs> uh, Restivia, your new resident volleyball rules expert didn't do a great job with terminology in her first letter. And I think this may be, this may be her, or may, it may not be her. I'm not sure. Oh, yes. I used the words first ball over when I should have said first contact. Any first contact by a team cannot be called a double contact unless it's two distinct actions of playing a ball. You'll enjoy this, Rebecca. This, this clears it up. For example, okay. team A serves the ball, and the player on team B decides to use their hands to pass it up to their setter. They clearly double the ball, but that's allowed on the first contact. I did not oh, know that. I did not know that either. The setter gets under it and goes to set it, and they do the same thing that player one did. That is a double contact. Tweet, tweet, that's illegal, and the ref calls that. Well, at least they should. What is two distinct separate actions? It's rare because most kids will not play the ball. But the same example as above, first contact by team B is the same. She uses her hands to attempt a pass to the setter, but it only pops up a foot or two right in front of them. That same player then decides to use their forearms to pass it to the setter. Whistle, two separate actions. So do you get that? I do, Okay, it's probably clear as mud now Steve heard you on Sarah Spain's podcast. Always great to hear your stories. 
Uh, I will report back on the book club when we start Stingray Afternoons. My sister and I have four other siblings, and my sister-in-law is one of five, so I know we will relate. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. And if anybody wants to listen to you on Sarah's podcast on our Ball and Chain Twitter, which is at Ball and Chain Pod, I will uh, retweet a link to your guest starring appearance on Sarah Spain's podcast. Okay, don't tell our youngest, but this e- uh, email is is uh, headed not googly eyes, but Uh-oh. Google eyes. Google eyes. So uh, let's see where this goes. Uh, this is TR the Critter Sitter, your resident pet sitter. I was listening last week when you were telling the story about how your daughter does not like googly eyes. Right after I heard that, I walked into a house with one of my favorite pets. He's a big-eyed Boston Terrier. I'm enclosing a picture so you can see his big bulging eyes. I really hope your daughter doesn't interpret them as googly eyes because it just might make her catatonic. Teresa with an H, a.k.a. TR the Critter Sitter. And um, I I have the picture uh, of this uh, Boston Terrier, and it would, I, I, I fear, terrify terrifier i guess well i think we should put that on our ball and chain instagram account which is at ball and chain podcast and alongside that i will put the robotic thing that they have at our grocery store now that claims to alert you know it's for our safety it alerts um the store if there's been a spill or whatever and for some reason on this giant six foot four inch robot they've put two giant googly eyes and so this weekend I was going running quickly to the grocery store and I asked our nine-year-old, since she wasn't on her device, um, as she wanted to come with me to the grocery store. And she said, uh, no, because we might see that thing with the googly eyes. Yeah, that thing so, is uh, disturbing enough on its own. So I'll post pictures of both the uh, the robotic grocery store googly-eyed thing and the, uh, and the cat from our critter sitter. Uh, Liz writes, tasty addition to Thanksgiving with a question mark after tasty. Sure to become a new tradition in the Russian Lobo household. Saw this today in the coupon section of the Hartford Current. Better get to big Y before there's a rush on them. Pun not intended, but hey, it's pretty good, don't you think? And here is a coupon for start a new tradition with White Castle stuffing. This is not an ad read. I'm just telling you what what this coupon says. And it is, an, it is a recipe for White Castle stuffing and, and Rebecca, Restivia. If you do not make this for Thanksgiving, I will be sorely disappointed. Uh, it this is, is amazing. It is a recipe for, for White, White Castle, Castle from White Castle stuffing? for White Castle stuffing. Yes. Don't give me an idea of uh, um, what's in there. Ingredients: ten to twelve White Castle original sliders. Uh, remove the pickles from restaurant sliders. One and a half cups of sliced celery. Ground thyme, ground sage, coarsely ground black pepper, chicken broth, and then you uh, do various things to it. You don't add any extra um, unguents. No, any extra bread, like the bread on the on the White well, the, Castle burgers, the buns is enough. Are, presumably, but interesting. Uh, and so anyway. you want me to make that for Thanksgiving? How about I make regular stuffing, and then you go to White Castle while no, you guys you, eat. You get some frozen White Castles, and you make that stuffing. Or, that's an easy. That sounds like a really easy or recipe. Or instead of uh, turkey, we have uh, we give everybody a gobbler with glue. <laughs> White Castle Turkey Sandwich. Yours truly, Liz, from Farmington, your resident unqualified reference librarian from the Lucy Robbins Wells Library. I don't have my master's in library science, so I don't want to put on airs by calling myself an actual librarian. I just read and finished the library book by Susan Orlean. It's if you're interested in libraries or if you're not interested in libraries. It was a fascinating book. I had a lot to do with libraries and librarians. Also on the White Castle front, uh, greetings from Nashville, writes June. I saw this sign while in Nashville for the UConn-Vanderbilt game, and it's it's a White Castle marquee, and uh, uh, beneath it, it says uh, it's it's advertising White Castle's Sloppy Joes. I mean, how much in our wheelhouse is this, the White Castle Sloppy Joe? 
And uh, lastly, this week, and I'm going to say we have a bunch of viewer mail this week, so we'll save some for next week because we both have to go. From our international correspondent, Joe, he writes, Stephen and Rebecca attaching some pictures from a recent visit to Singapore with the ball and chain swag in tow. First picture is of the Buddha tooth relic temple and then a visit to Singapore's Chinatown. And these various Buddhas and pagodas are um, the ball and chain magnets. So ball and chain has now been in Singapore, still not Delaware. International magnet brand. I'll definitely post those on uh, Instagram And that's well. from our from our ball and chain international correspondent who has previously reported from Australia, Scotland, Ireland, Brazil, and Atlanta, a foreign country in its own right, as he says Dr. Siegel may dispute that. The journey continues this week with stops in Broome and Perth, Australia. The swag passport is filling up with immigration stamps. So we've got to go. We have some more viewer mail. If you send it in this week, we'll get to it next week. Uh, We appreciate it. Ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Rebecca, where's the, what's the other stuff? Twitter is at Ball and Chain Pod, and Instagram is at Ball and Chain Podcast. For Steve and me and Denny and Tom Dick and the or Tom Hari, the one Dick who was at the party yes, and the one and, who wasn't. And, and uh, for anybody who wants a copy of Nights in White Castle or a signed copy of Stingray Afternoons or a signed copy of any of my books, um, they make great Christmas they gifts. Make, just send an email to ballandchainpod at gmail.com and they're, we'll tell you how to do that. They're almost as good Christmas gifts as um, a scoreboard. Or a uh, or a, uh, or a, a bacon, bacon safe. Yeah, or a bacon safe. Anyway, on that note, Tom Dick Hari, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane